I'd like to acknowledge that I work on mum in development on Garrigal land and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Also, a heads up that this episode contains some swearing for any little ears that may be around. Hey there, my name is Ellie Evangelista and I'm the host and creator of Mum in Development. I'm also one of two creators of Marcus, my son. In my journey of early motherhood, I just couldn't quite fathom how I was going to keep both my creative practice and my child alive. (laughs) Both things are so important to me and incredibly personal, seemingly a part of me, and yet both seem to continuously compete for the same parts of my brain and body. I know so many and I see so many working artists and mothers around me and I just thought, stuff it, I'll ask them how they're doing it. So on here, I don't ask all the usual mum podcast questions, but I hope you join me as I ask just one, how do you keep your creative practice and your child alive? Welcome to the second episode of Mum in Development. As I've been working away on these episodes and contacting mums to be a part of future episodes, I've been listening back to a couple of the conversations I've had and it really has reinforced for me how much they fill my cup up both, and actually not even both, but particularly that creative practice cup that might not be being filled so much in the way I'm used to. These conversations leave me so light and happy and I really feel like I've engaged in creative dialogue, been thinking about the way I work and could work in the future and that leaves me excited. I feel really inspired. Today's conversation has completely done that as well. I've spoken to Jasmine Shepherd, who is a dancer and choreographer and She speaks about the honest and real ways of touring with her two-year-old, John Giwa, and how she's going to be going forward, about the kind of bigger questions about life and family and the future for working artists. And also, I think I really enjoyed speaking to a dancer and the way that our bodies are different after having children and using that as our primary source of artistic practice. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation with Jasmine and here we go now. Um, should we get started? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been on a podcast before? Have you ever? Um, no, I've done interviews but I haven't been on a podcast. Oh, my gosh, I feel I very lucky. I guess the good thing is, is that you can edit later. Yes, I can edit later. Um, I have only ever interviewed one other person on this podcast before, so I feel like I'm not a very good host. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm sure you're fine. And, like, it's really exciting what you're doing. I think it's great. There's 
There's heaps of mum podcasts out there, but not a lot of artists ones. This, well, I don't think I've seen any. I was saying to my friend, it's very hard to keep both my creative practice and my child alive. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was talking to her about this and she was like, you should just start a podcast because people don't talk about creative practice generally or the struggles about what that involves, what it looks like. Yeah. This isn't a regular job. And then trying yeah. to add on motherhood on top of that. Um, oh, man. It's just <laughs> like it's really taking the two most um, like volatile, ri- ridiculous, like high expectations of like two different parts of your life and then just doing double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you were saying the other day, I feel like there's so many things about arts practice that art is like being a parent. Yeah. In an entirely different way. But there's a lot of similarities and doing them both is a bit crazy making. Yeah, I saw an Instagram post that said it takes a village to raise an artist. Mm. And that was one I paused for a bit and it it was this thing about how we should be like sharing resources and you know because they're so scant at the moment and I was like oh but you know that is such a commonly heard phrase amongst you know I guess mother mother land (laughs) yeah it takes a village and I was like oh that's such an interesting parallel and I just feel like I find so many parallels between the two of them just yeah always but yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like just what comes to mind when you say that is how I, I read a post on a parenting page, Instagram page the other day saying that our modern day village is this. Um, once upon a time you would have got somebody to come over and cook for you and now you get Uber Eats, like Uber Eats mm. or a meal delivery service or you get a cleaner instead of, you know, an auntie coming over and helping you clean. And they're all things that cost money. And now, yeah. it, like, I, I thought, because I'm just about, well, in September I'm going to have my second. <gasps> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Should I edit that out? Is that like? No. no oh, I'm, my gosh. I'm, I'm 14 and a half weeks. Oh, so my it's gosh. public knowledge now. <gasps> oh, my gosh, Jazz. Wow. Oh, no, it's crazy. I thought I mentioned that to you, but I mustn't have. Oh, my gosh, it's um, so fine. Wow. Yeah, but anyway, I was like, oh, a meal service would be awesome and a cleaner, but there is no way I can afford that. Yeah. And just when you're talking now, it makes me think of my yearly salary for the last financial year was something like $45,000. Yeah. Um. And I've been doing this for 20 years yeah. and I worked my butt off last year, Yeah. Um, the last financial year, and I, to the point where I felt like it was really impacting my parenting and my relationship with John Gewar. Mm. And then when I saw that figure on my tax return, I just, I almost died because it, it made me realise that a lot of that is the unpaid Labor. admin. Yeah, for sure. And all of those unpaid meetings that you have to do and yeah. um, 
endless meetings. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like how good would it be if I could afford a personal assistant? So um. it reminded <laughs> me a lot of that, like how the modern day village of raising an artist or raising a child is that you need to pay for those services, which yeah. as an artist, you can't. <laughs> we just do it all yeah it is so true and I don't know about like say people okay what am I trying to say for example like childcare. I don't know what you do with your son but when people go are you going to put him into childcare?" I'm like I don't even work the kind of right hours to Mm. warrant that you know like Mm. I don't have a regular nine to five or whatever, where I know every Tuesday and Thursday he's going to, I'm going to be at work. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, this is the, this is the huge challenge for working parents who are artists. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had to commit to um, like a lot of nine fives, like my new role Mm -hmm. at Critical Path and I was um, I was doing a lot of teaching at NASDAQ and negotiated with them certain days that were John Giwa's childcare days. Um, but then on top of that, when projects come up and there's a lot of travel, mm. I have to just take him out of childcare and bring him on the road with me or lean on the in-laws because my family are all interstate. So, mm. you know, I'm calling up Poppy quite a lot saying, mm. you know, do, Thanks, Poppy. do you have the, you know, Wednesday free, you know, to come and watch him for a couple of hours? Mm. Yeah, so it's a lot of juggling, a lot of extra juggling. Um, that I don't, I have no idea how you take Jungua on the road. I have watched from afar on Instagram <laughs> and I feel like, this is one of those things that I think you mentioned when we were chatting just about how like it seems so normal because every like you know you know you see people with children everywhere they just mm. are doing it and then now I go how would you logistically be the working parent and on tour mm. um well I'm going to be completely frank. Yeah. Um, I've had quite a lot of meltdowns myself yeah. on the road. Um, I figured out after the first year of doing it um, that there was no way I could do it alone mm. um, without a support person, but that brings an extra budget. And yeah. for some projects, I've then paid for that I've paid for the flights of a family member or I've paid for, um, you know, somebody's somebody's weight. There are some organisations, like uh, the project that I'm doing where Black Dance is producing with Katina and Marilyn, um, they're fantastic because they've built in a whole framework of how to support like a First Nations-led um, worldview way of working. Mm. So that has built in childcare because family is um, at the core of 
mm. a you know a First Nations value system, mm. and that's been an absolute like blessing because I've been able to actually have those flights of family members pay for. Yeah, but um, there you know there was. When Don Thiwa was two, he just turned two. I did one on-country trip to Maryland's country in Mossman, North Queensland, which is beautiful. It's fantastic. And I just thought I was under the impression that it would be fine because it was only two weeks. We were we weren't in the middle of a remote community, like if we were going to my community mm. in um Croydon mm. in Queensland, um, I thought, well, Cairns is just 45 minutes away. You know, if I need any resources, I'll have access to a car. I thought it was going to be fine. I feel nervous. And- I feel nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is going and I feel nervous. <laughs> yeah, like it was, <laughs> it was such a learning curve because the first time I did it, I had a baby mm. who was... A baby. Um, yeah, yeah, like 14 baby. months, 15 months old. Yeah. And um, I could carry him around in a little carrier and it was just like. Easy. He was still so, yeah, it was easy. He was still so attached to my body. Yeah. That it didn't feel like it was hard. It really was hard, but it was more hard in the logistics and making sure that I was prepared and organised and made sure that I allowed myself extra time to do absolutely everything Mm. that um, the project was doing. And um, then I was just completely exhausted by the end of it. Mm. But having a two-year-old, it was like bringing a completely different person with me. Mm. he, He was so much more independent, but at the same time, not not yet talking, so really frustrated that he couldn't communicate. He was so much more aware that he wasn't wasn't at home, was in a different space. Um, he was really under a lot of stress, yeah, and it put the entire thing under stress. I I felt like I spent most of those two weeks in the cabin with him, you know, just like watching a movie or playing toys or reading stories. (laughs) Yeah, because, and I couldn't really um, participate in any of the activities um, fully anyway because of his his developmental stage. Mm. You know, he just needed me. He needed structure. He needed familiarity and routine. Yeah. And touring with him was the complete opposite of that. Yeah. Um. So after almost having a nervous breakdown, I, I told the project that I couldn't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, that a week was the maximum that I could go away with him and that I would, you know, absolutely need a family member to come with me. Yeah. But, yeah, so yeah. Um, I've had to really change the way that, I work, mm. um, which is hard and yeah. sad, but necessary. And at this point in time, my son's more important than touring and, you know, yeah. gallivanting around the countryside, <laughs> being a dancer and a choreographer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh my gosh. I have so much to say. Recent, oh, not recently. I did some work when Marcus was quite little and one of them, he was maybe like just over five months old. I did Mm -hmm. a trip for four days to Hobart, Nipaluna, Tasmania. Yep. And I, they offered me money to bring a support person. And like what you're saying, when they're that little, I was like, you know what, I actually don't need a support person because Mm. in some ways it's harder, (laughs) Yeah, you know, to be like when they're that small, it's harder to be like, okay, here's a stash of milk and a bottle and this is how they like to do X, Y, Z, when you can just put them in a carrier and so you can just walk around with them latched to your boob. No joke. And it's just not an issue. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, so I went by myself and I cried the entire drive to the airport. Just similarly, I was like, I just don't know how. I haven't really prepared for the four days of actual work, but mm. I have ev- nearly every piece of equipment my son could possibly need. But, okay, yep. I have two pairs of pants, but he's got like everything. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so I, <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes, you know. that rings a bell. yeah, I've got oh, nothing. I only packed myself two t-shirts, but my son's got like 20, 20, <laughs> just name whatever weather condition might even remotely turn up. He's okay. Yeah. But um, you don't have any undies. No, I just have nothing. <laughs> I've got one pair of shoes. <laughs> So I cried the whole way to the airport was just, anyway, it all happened. And I'm going back again, um, in a month's time. And I have a nearly one year old who, Mm. and like you're saying, the rules have changed, you know, he moves. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's not asleep for half the day. He eats solids and I just, um, my mum's coming over and similarly to you, because I moved to where we are because of my career. I came to the East Coast away from my family in Perth. Yeah. So my mum's flying over from Perth to then come with me, you know, because I'm just like this is how it has to happen for me to, yes, gallivant and dance around. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't ever feel nice to put restrictions on a project like that, like to say I can only come for one week, I mm. feel. Like once yeah, it, I was it in it. It definitely a, yeah. feels, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely experiencing, um, it's not FOMO, it's definitely not that. It's, it's a real fear of not being part of the creative conversations because it's a collective. There's a mm. real fear of, um, how much will this project move and major creative decisions be made? And I've only been able to be a part of those conversations on a Zoom meeting for an hour while everybody else is with each other 24-7 and having these casual conversations about the work in and out of the day Mm. as, as it all happens naturally when you're when you're in a development like that, um, mm. there, yeah, there's a huge concern that my role is, um, and and these are probably not substantiated. This is just what's going on in inside my head. Mm. Um, 
like my contribution, you know, is it is it as equal because I can't give as much as the other people who don't have children who mm. can just throw themselves in there yeah. 500% for the duration of the development. Um, yeah, whereas, you know, even when I was in uh, like on country for that period when I was, you know, my, I was talking about my son being two, mm. there were creative conversations and meetings happening and I'd be in for five minutes of it mm-hmm. and then be chasing my child down the cafe to make sure he doesn't run, you know, run the onto road. the road. Yeah. And then I'd miss the the next part of that conversation. I'd come back and be like, oh, what did you say? Uh, what was that? What How did, did we get to this? How did we yeah. get? Yeah. Um, and then people would catch me up. And just like, to be honest, it felt really shit. I felt like the um, the add-on or the um, the annoying person that has to be consistently caught up to where everything's mm. at. Yeah. Instead of just being able to contribute and um, pass on my knowledge that I know that I've got great ideas and um you know, a lot of experience and just unable to really contribute because I'm split focused and chasing a two-year-old <laughs> around the place. <laughs> yeah. And the nature of um like I the nature of creative work and when you are wrestling with an idea or thinking about, you know, whatever is in front of you, there is a certain natural flow of the conversation or you know, you are brainstorming out loud. You you are. There's just a conversation that's really hard to be caught up on. You know, yeah. it's very different when you just come back into the conversation. You're like, oh, we've just decided to have a skate ramp in the show or whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I just missed how we got there, but sure, I'll just go yeah, from yeah this point onward. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's not to say that the team are. Um, leaving you, you know, out like, or anything they're not yeah that's yeah. right it's absolutely um just because of the nature of juggling your mind trying to be in two places at once mm. um I've definitely felt in developments or creative places where I've been in Sydney and you know my son is in his regular routine and I've been being able to absolutely focus on the work at hand, that I can do my best work <gasps> and I'm able to contribute my wealth of knowledge to the best of my ability instead of just feeling like I'm failing both. I'm failing my son <laughs> as a parent and I'm failing my work. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, we're not. <laughs> no, but it feels that way. It feels that way every moment of the day like you said like you can't you know you just uh you're actually just in the accommodation watching movies because that's just what had to happen and that's what Mm. wins out I was in a rehearsal and you know we were trying to figure something out again my son was really little and we were tossing up like a Saturday rehearsal or something like that like a half day on Saturday and I had to say I'm so sorry, but we need to figure this out now because I just can't come back. 
Yeah. <laughs> like I can't just come back for a half day on Saturday. I really can't. Like, and that yeah. feels, you feel, I don't know, I feel like we're trained our whole life to just never be that person that's like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as a dancer, you know, like let alone the arts, but mm. as a dancer, mm. um, traditionally speaking, and I think this is changing and I hope this is changing, mm. you are taught that as a dancer you are voiceless and you just do yeah. what you're told and you just work at 100% every second of every day. Yeah. Um, all the time. All the time. Yeah. And don't care how you, you're feeling. <laughs> Don't care how you're feeling. Don't care how sore you are. Don't care how injured you are. You just show up as your perfect self. Yeah. And that is just so unrealistic as a parent because you're dealing with such raw emotions all the time. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And like, I definitely relate to that. It's, it's been, um, a real learning for me to to be imperfect mm. and to to allow that in my workspace as well mm. because you know I definitely as a company dancer you're not allowed to be imperfect yeah yeah you know like as an independent practitioner that's been something that's been really refreshing to be able to lean into um imperfection and flexibility and a bit more of an open space Mm. um this is how I've turned up today yeah yeah that's right this is how I've turned up today and for that to be met with a real um openness and Mm. acceptance Mm -hmm. from other people Mm -hmm. Um, yeah which is yeah, but I'm still I'm still learning definitely to not try and have everything together, especially when I've got um on Diwa in the room. Yeah. Is he often in the room? Uh when he was more what little he was. Yeah. Um but to be honest, that trip that I did to Mossman and then a couple of months later, the one week I did to my country have been they've been the last times that I've mm. been on the road working with him because it's just it's too hard now. Yeah. 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 And then but also this is, you know, on the flip side of it, like so much of that is incredible to take your son home and while you're working, I'm guessing. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, like a bit yeah. of sweetness of I don't I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Um, especially going to my traditional country. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have brought him there so early um, if it hadn't have been for the work and the project. So it has been a blessing as hard as it has been. Mm-hmm. And for him to be able to see me dance as well, I, f- I feel like has been really, really beautiful for, mm. for him to, to kind of see that dancing is, is a normal part of what you can do every day. Mm, that's so nice. 
Yeah, and he loves it now. He's just started dance classes and honestly, he's (laughs) so keen. You can see these other parents have have kind of said to themselves, oh, this is a great thing for my child to do and the child's just like hating it. (laughs) We're here again. It's like, yes, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And whenever I sit down on the sidelines, he's like, Mom, what are you doing? Oh, get up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He knows that you do it. He knows. He's like, yeah. 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 Oh, that's so it's sweet. Like, Mom should be doing this too. Why is oh. she not doing this? So it's very, very cute. I mm. should give you the opportunity to say whatever you'd like to say about yourself and your practice and your career. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, who is this person? <laughs> you know, um, just go what, say whatever you'd like. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, well, I just turned forty. <gasps> happy birthday! Um, oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, so a, much! A happy birthday ago. and congratulations! Wow, thank you. <laughs> um, really feeling my age at the moment, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've I've been a contemporary dancer. I'm Aboriginal and Chinese and Hungarian Jewish and settler. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of work in First Nations space. I was a dancer with Bangara Dance Theatre for 12 years mm. and I've made a, um, I've made one full-length work and a few different short works for different companies, made a work for um, Bangara Dance Theatre, for Sydney Dance Company's New Breed, for um, DMC's Future Makers, which was really fun. It was during lockdown, mm. but it was still really fun to work with those brilliant artists. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm working on um, a couple of really awesome projects. Um, one that I keep talking about, Preparing Ground, with um, beautiful other artists, Marilyn Miller and Katina Olsen. Mm-hmm. And that's basically... Um, it's it's kind of like feels like a magnum opus. Mm. It's um it's going to be a huge work, but not in the sense of that it's like huge on stage. But it's got a great deal of community consultation behind it. Um, the work is premised on the impact of colonization on our countries and on mm. our communities, and how that has led to climate change. So we're Mm. kind of talking about um, that everybody's talking about this thing called climate change and we see it as this thing called Mm colonisation and what's led to um, where our our country is now and and how can our, our... own communities and the communities of the places where we work and tour, um, how can we elevate their voices to to help us with the solutions of how to take care of country moving forward? Where so is that big. project at now? You're still in development? Yeah, we've just, um, so the team are actually in Queensland at the moment on the final on-country research and development um trip mm-hmm. so I couldn't go on that because I I just couldn't with my son <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of everything I've said of just the prospect of you know dragging him 
around the countryside like that again. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just like I can't do that to him and I can't do it to me. Yeah. And it's, you know, not going to be beneficial for anyone. Mm. Um, so that's that's where they're at. And um, So how are you involved at the moment with the project being off-site? I don't know if that's yeah. the right word, but not with the team. Yeah, um, so it is hard. Like I said, I've got these, like, deep-seated insecurities that there's going to be all this conversation about the work that I'll miss out on and um, my contribution won't, won't be there. And um, but, but then I know that once we get into the studio, that will kind of yeah. even out a little bit. But um, I'm going to be connecting with the rest of the team via Zoom and catching up on what what they've been doing and have some of those conversations, get built in on things that they've discovered and ideas that they're having Mm -hmm. and um, just kind of check in a couple of times a week online and they're sending updates daily. Yeah. Which is awesome too. So I get to see what they're doing. These beautiful um, things that they're doing on country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then... um, so we had this really great talk about me being a parent of a small person yes, and how that's um, really challenging to me um, working on the project in the way that a lot of artists work, you know, which is mm. travelling interstate for projects. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what everybody's always done. Yeah. Um, but that's really, really challenging and how I can be um, connected to the project and still connected a very to important the project. integral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know, like, an integral part of the co-directorship Yeah. whilst not being able to always be in the room. Um, it's challenging. I'm sure I'm not, we're not the first people to experience it, but it feels like it's we're kind of creating a different kind of model. Mm. Um, there's conversations about, you know, how much performing I'll, I'll do once the work opens because, you know, we've, we've discussed all the way up to 2025 when the work might be touring mm. and John Giwa is in primary school. Oh, my God. And I can't just take him out of school and go on a six-month tour around oh capital cities. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a lot of talk about, okay, am I a choreographer but not uh, performer? Do yeah. I do the premiere and then not the touring season? Yeah. Um, do we get a dancer in that I'm working with in Sydney that I choreograph on and then the dancer is kind of like my little satellite that then goes up to Queensland to mm. transfer knowledge, et cetera. It's just, to be honest, it's a bit crazy. Yeah, it just it's feels, complicated. Yeah, it's complicated. But, um, yeah, like the, the, the alternative is I'm either taking John Giwa away from home for lengthy periods of time and then I'm trying to juggle parenting, being away from home and working. Yeah. Um, And he's away from his dad. Yeah. Or I'm 
away from my son for weeks at a time, which just feels not really awful. Yeah. 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 I think you make a really valid point. And one of the things I guess that prompted me to kind of ask this question and start this podcast is because the nature of our work and our job is not like any other work. (laughs) You know, like you're saying, traveling is just a given. It's just, you know, a lot of the job is just not where you are. Um, Over long periods of time, work takes a really long time to research, then develop, then get even presented and then toured. So you are looking at like a five, three to five year timeline over scattered bits of time. Yeah. Um, This isn't a job that you just log on to. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And then I even think like dancer to dancer, I just go, how are you even doing the dancing? Like I just, I don't feel like I could even you know, do a sit-up right now, let alone. Yeah, like when you were just talking, it just made me think of, oh, and then there's your body. Yeah. That's something (laughs) that us as dancers have to contend with. Yeah. That other art forms don't necessarily have to really consider as much. Yeah. Unless there's been an incredibly traumatic birth. But um, I performed my full-length, in my full-length work, when John Giwa was 11 months. Yeah. And after that finished, I felt, to be honest, I felt like an idiot. I just oh. felt like, why did you do that, Jasmine? Right. Like, um, I didn't feel fit. Mm. I felt like this body that I had shaped and primed and worked on and refined over Decades. Yeah, 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 that's right. Over decades mm. was completely foreign. Mm. Um, and, like, I'm just going to say it. Like, as a dancer, I, I feel like we all have an element of body dysmorphia. Yeah. Like, we all look at our physical bodies with such judgment. Yeah. Um, with any, like, flabby bit, anything that's not taught, anything that doesn't move the way you want it to move is um, judged or try, you know, we like the whole purpose of our career is to fit, you know, and morph the parts of our bodies that aren't moving (laughs) the way they're meant to move. You know, we train it to move that way. We really do. Yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, we will it too, or we, yeah, I don't know. We, it's we try more. We, we morph our bodies, yeah, so that we can we can create art. It's like we are the clay, mm-hmm. and then you know, after childbirth, you just feel like mush. <laughs> you feel like mush. Oh my goodness, that is the yeah perfect word. I feel like a, my tummy feels like mush. <laughs> Everything feels like mush. Yeah, you know, like. And if you're breastfeeding, your yeah. your muscles are still like mush. Yeah. And they don't get taut. Mm. Um, and they don't kind of snap back. <laughs> and honestly, those those like Hollywood stars or the dancers that you see that return to the stage after giving childbirth, like 
everybody looks at them who hasn't had a child with just like, oh, see, they can do it. It's, it's that awesome. Easy. Like, it's that's, just that's so amazing. Easy. Like all they need to need to do is just work hard and yeah. they're incredible and look at them. They're fantastic. And they are all of those things. But what you don't see is how freaking hard it is and how like the amount of work that they've gone to to get back on the stage mm. no one will understand unless they've done it themselves yeah no one will understand the amount of sacrifice no one will understand I think the amount of guilt yeah that you have about prioritizing work over your child and not being the best parent and then not being the best artist. Like it just feels like it's relentless. Yeah, it is incredibly relentless. My partner often asks me, oh, maybe in the early days, he he does, he's nothing to do with the arts. And he said, you know, how long, like what would it take for you to get like, you know, to a kind of physical state of how you were I don't know, insert any amount of time period. And I'm like, mm. we just do not have the time, like, or the resources. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, you have, it's, I cannot explain to you what it would take for me. Yeah. You know, my little one hour of yoga that I get to do once a month. Yeah. Is not it. Let it's, me tell you. <laughs> yeah. And then once the baby gets bigger, that, even that one hour a week or that one hour a few times a week, that's still not enough. It's not you're, enough. And you're never going to be the same, even if you were training full time. No. Your body will never be the same. But it might be better. It might be different. You're, like I know my mental approach to how I move mm. is so much more organic now because I allow my body to do what it can do rather than forcing molding to do that something that yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. compared to I don't know other art forms which I you know don't have a first-hand experience of but because our bodies are were are were it are still it yeah yeah <laughs> somewhere in between somewhere in there that this was our instrument is our instrument and Mm. to fine-tune it or to get it at a performance level where people look at it or um have a certain expectation of it I just go yeah it's really different now I just um and like you said I have this really high standard of myself I've trained for more like 95% of my life was in a dance studio and I just, um, yeah, my my expectation of myself is really high because that's part of what the psyche is of being a dancer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so it's it's hard. It's really hard, I guess. Yeah, and I also think through through that psyche of being a dancer and all of that hard work and and striving and shaping and working it and refining i've i've really um i've really struggled to to feel enough now that i'm not 
in that place or yeah. to feel like I'm still a dancer. Like I, I even find myself saying to people, oh, I used to be a contemporary dancer. Like yeah. I, I still do projects. I still dance. Yeah. But I, I'm saying that I used to be. <laughs> it's, it's weird because my body just does not feel like as smelt as it used to be. And yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. Also watching Kate Winslet, I think, was saying she hates that word yeah. when people describe somebody on the red carpet. And it is a pretty awful word when you think about it. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because but uh, I don't what am I trying to say? Because I know what you mean because we're essentially athletes I don't people don't give dancers enough credit Mm, as well yeah um you know people it's you know when you say to people oh yeah I'm a dancer it just sounds fun and yes yeah (laughs) that's right you know oh that sounds really just fun and light-hearted and I'm like look it is maybe 0.2 percent of a time um yeah and the rest of it is pretty grueling. work. Yeah. It's really, really tough. So you're essentially an athlete and you danced full-time as your job for a long time mm. um, around the world, different throughout the whole day, on different stages. Like that is your bread and butter. And then you have a different body now. And I guess you will again after having a second bub. Like who knows? what? Yeah. I, I don't know. It just is. But then sometimes I think because my son loves to be held, he's definitely a baby who loves to be close. And, you know, I've, I'll hold him through a lot of his sleeps and sometimes it'll be an hour and a half. And I'm like, but this isn't the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, mm, my body's done pretty hard things. This is, yeah. this is okay. And then I'm like, okay, the dancing is still coming into you somehow. Like I'm, I'm posturally aligned even right now. <laughs> yeah. As I'm holding him. Um, so yeah, the crossovers. I'm like, okay, I can walk you in the carrier no matter how heavy you are because this is not the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. You know, your body can take the limit and yeah. do it well. Yeah. Yeah. Although that's really interesting you say that. I remember coming out of childbirth and thinking, oh, like I remember when I was in the company and we were doing fire retrospective, which was like a two and a half hour show. Mm. And then we'd have, you know, like a 45 minute break Mm. before warm up again for the the evening show if we had a matinee. And then do it all again and then finish at 11 p.m. and just yeah, go home and pass out. Yeah. And then after childbirth, thinking, wow, that was like so easy compared <laughs> to pushing a baby out. <laughs> I know. And then you would go home from the show and probably just like sleep eight hours. Yeah. Uninterrupted. And yeah. have a really great nutritious breakfast. Yeah. 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 Go Only focused on yourself. Yep. Shower, you know, yep. just relax in there. I guess I have to ask the question of my podcast. Mm. Jasmine Shepherd, how are you keeping your creative practice and your child and now children alive? 
Um, habit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I look to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the pandemic as well, and all the lockdowns, and how God, like it's it was so hard to be an artist and create works during and still is during mm. the That's pandemic mm. um and I have asked myself the question like do I do something else mm. do I do something that's easier on the family that's easier to you know bring in the money and support the family mm. but I think what's happened since my son has been born is that amazing artists and amazing people have kept approaching me and asking me if I want to be part of something or if I, you know, want to collaborate. And they're people who I've always wanted to work with or it's projects that I've always wanted to to work on. And that tantalising thing has been what's kept my practice alive is is working with people or getting asked if I wanted to be involved in something going oh my god that just sounds so great and those people I I love working with those people or I've wanted to work with those people for so long and really that's what's kept it alive Mm. and I think we have an awesome independent dance community in Australia um First Nations and non-First Nations, like I just love our community and they're people that I really love working with Mm. and that's really hard to walk away from, I think. That's so nice, yeah. Yeah, Mm. you know, that's that's often the most fun part about working on a project is, yes, like the the subject matter is really interesting or, you know, it's really like awesome to see a work come to life and make it on stage or research something. But it's so much better when you get to do it with other really interesting minds and creative brains and people that you admire and people whose work you admire. Um, Yeah, I, I really think that's it. You know, like as I'm getting older and I'm thinking, wow, you know, like getting fit for a project is going to take a lot more as I get older and it's going to be a lot harder with two. Um, Do I do something else? And, you know, like you start to think about your children's financial future as well. Mm, And can I, can I really give them the future that I want them to have um, that maybe I didn't have and, access to, you know, like whatever they schools want. Yeah. or whatever they want to do, you know, like, mum, I want to do soccer yeah. three times a week. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Or, you know, I want to I want to be a dancer. Like I've often actually thought, what if my child wants to be a dancer? <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't want to be that parent that my parents were mm. saying saying to them, look, we want you to do what makes you happy, but we're worried about your financial future. Yeah. Honestly, that's, you know, my dad had that talk to me. Like, 
he didn't want me to, to struggle. Yeah. Um, I haven't because I've got, you know, he's a great role model in, you know, how to save money and how to look after your finances. Mm. Um, but, you know, like I've, I've often thought to myself, if my child came up to me and said that he wanted to be a contemporary dancer. <laughs> and Specifically contemporary. <laughs> contemporary dancer. I'm just trying to think of like an independent contemporary yes. dancer, uh-huh. like somebody who's like probably earning the least yeah. amount out of all of the performing artists, Absolutely. you know, in the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go right to the the, the Yeah, let's yeah. go right to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Um, like. I, I want to be able to say go for it because oh. I've got your back financially. Like you've got a house that you, you know, you, you don't have to worry to. about trying to make it into the you know, housing market. You don't have to worry about putting food on your table. You don't yeah. have to worry about having baked beans all week. Yeah. Like that you can do that. Yeah. And, yeah, I've really thought about that a lot lately, especially as John Giwa was showing such interest in dancing yeah like do I need to um find something else to do as well as my arts practice so that I can um build our financial future along with my partner and make it really solid for for them to be able to pursue something that is because they love it and not just because they need to pay the mortgage oh yeah I also think how lucky am I if we want to talk about frivolity and gallivanting that Mm. I actually got to do it. Yeah, exactly. That I actually get to do it and still do it to the point of, you know, even having a family and doing it. Mm. I go, wow, like I am so lucky and, you know, you and I are not white women or white men who have yeah, yeah. the opportunities yeah. that exist as easily as other people or, like you're saying, like structures that just allowed. I often say to people, like, yeah, like I had to be good at dancing because it was like 75% of my parents' income. Yeah, that's right. 100%. I had to be good. I couldn't be shit. I needed to be really good. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was such an expense that if I was bad at it, they would have pulled me out. Yeah. And if we failed as a career, um, you know, I've often thought of this, like maybe that's why we work so hard and maybe that's why I worked so hard to, to succeed because if I failed, I didn't have mum and dad's money to run back to yeah um I didn't have a financial you know like pillow yeah that would just hold me yeah you know when I needed to pay the rent like yeah yeah we're not white middle-class families yeah my family were a struggling family and um me being successful was was also a way of um, supporting my family as well and mm. showing showing my dad that I could do it and yeah. that he could he could trust that I could 
have my back and that, that I wasn't going to be a financial burden on on them yeah. if I if I failed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we hold a lot more than what what people who who come from means hold when we're making these decisions to be an artist. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you that it isn't. These aren't decisions that we take lightly. Like you know, deciding to do a job or not do a job or whatever. I'm like, this is this isn't just a ha ha conversation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, like when I choose not to because I'm looking after my child, that's a choice I'm making for a, a lot of reasons because, mm. you know, a multitude of things. And it's a really good question. Like I, w- would I let my child be a, would I even let him be a contemporary dancer? If he came to me in 20 years and said, I'm going to go to uni and study contemporary dance, Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, let's let's let okay, like okay. I mean, that's yeah. great. That is so great. That's so great. I'm thrilled for you. Let's let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, like I feel like we're doing that thing that you know you only understand why your parents do things when you become a parent oh my gosh yeah <laughs> and I was so angry at my dad in that moment when I just told him my dreams of what I wanted to do and all he had to say was I don't think you should do it I think mm. you should go to uni mm. I'm like I think you should get a better job because <laughs> I don't want you to be a struggling artist <laughs> Like, oh, dad, you don't see the passion or yeah. the dream <laughs> yeah I love it I'm gonna be everywhere I'm just I'm gonna do it yeah, I know, but now it's 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 a real question. Um, I, I definitely asked myself that because John Giwa has been doing soccer um, with through his childcare, which he absolutely loves, and he's <laughs> so great with a ball. But he's also incredible with rhythm and dancing. Oh and I'm not the only. I'm not just a biased parent. <laughs> <laughs> other people have have said it too. Like other people have said, "Wow, like his he's just got his it." Footwork yeah. is like really intricate for like a two year old. Yeah, or, I believe um, it. Oh my god, like he's actually good at dancing. And I've often thought, oh, maybe we should just push him in the way of soccer a little bit. More. <laughs> Dancing's closed forever. They've actually closed. Um, they're they're yeah. shut. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I started to ask myself, you know, like, oh, well, if he came to me and he, he actually wanted to be a dance, well, maybe I just, maybe I want to be the parent that can say, like, yeah, sure, you know, like we've got an apartment in Sydney that if you need to have for free, you can have it. Um, yeah, that's a pretty big dream. Oh, you're a legend, Jazz. <laughs> yeah, I just know, like, from afar, I think, like, because I didn't have a baby while I've been just watching you. I saw the show that you made, knowing you have a kid, saw you gallivanting around, just, and it you made it look easy. You make it look easy. I know it's not, 
Um, but I just now go, wow, hats off to you for doing that, for doing the juggle, for making great work, for having a son who has a rich life. He loves dancing, which is so amazing. Mm. I mean, what else can we really ask for? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Thank you. And Mm -hmm. I, I actually think that's something we do as dancers that other art forms and other sports don't do is we make it look easy. We make it look easy. Yeah, we're not meant. The amount of people that have, you know, said quite rudely, oh, I could do that, you know, but then they try and do something really simple and they're like, what? Mm-hmm. How do you do this? <laughs> like dancers, we do. That's part of what our yeah. art form. It's part of what we strive to do is to make it look easy. Yep. Um, and maybe that crosses over into the outer parts of our work and our private life too. Yeah. Maybe it's just so ingrained. But and that's why I have like the ultimate respect for dancers who have children and then continue their epic, epic, illustrious careers mm. on stage because I just I don't feel like I've done a lot post-children. Like I've done little bits here and there, but like I think of people like Amy Harris in the ballet and mm. Juliet Barton in mm. Sydney Dance who've yeah. Like I've watched them on stage post kids and they just look incredible. Mm. And I just feel like, oh my God, how did you <laughs> do that? I feel like what I've done is so minuscule compared to compared to that. But I I know the the amount of sacrifice and challenge that it's taken me to continue an arts practice. So I can imagine it's been no less or those other incredible women who yeah. are doing it. Uh, you might not feel like it's well, but you are doing it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Thank are, we, you. are we ever going to feel like we're doing it well? I'm not sure. Yeah, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. You're absolutely right. But I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens in the next iteration of both I guess the work, but also of like family life. Wow, yes. Oh my god. Yeah, two. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's hard enough with one. <laughs> Jasmine and I covered so much in our conversation from really practical kind of parts of being an artist and a mother to the kind of big philosophical larger points and questions. And I really felt like I left that conversation feeling so inspired and excited and proud to be both an artist and a mother. And I'm so thankful that Jasmine gave me so much time and so many wonderful considerations and viewpoints. And I just appreciate her honesty so much about what it is to work and mother. Thank you so much to Jasmine for all your time and obviously I'm sending you the biggest hug for the rest of your pregnancy and I really cannot wait to see the work that you are creating. And of course, thank you for listening. Like, subscribe or give us a rating on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast on. But because motherhood and creative practice are both ultimately collaborative, 
I'd really love you to share this podcast or this episode with somebody who you think would enjoy it too. See you next time for another episode of Mum in Development.